happy anniversary, everybody! Awesome. Man, I, I tell you, it's so interesting because um, today uh, we are actually in this series on this training for greatness and spiritual training. Uh, what's interesting is when you study this, people always bring up the fact that there actually is a spiritual discipline of celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah we need to celebrate. And I, I just want to tell you, Having this week, huh, where'd that come from? Huh, all right, having this week to reflect has been so, so good. And I know why God says on a regular basis, you need to celebrate, right? So it's interesting because if you were here when we were doing the Old Testament series, we did a whole message on festivals. The fact that God said three times a year, you have to come together if you're an Israelite and you have to throw these massive parties because you need to remember how awesome I am, is what God was saying. You need to remember what I've done. You need to remember how good I am because life's tough, man. Life's hard and we can tend to forget and kind of go off our way. So I'm so excited to celebrate with you guys today. Let me, can I, so here's your message portion. I just got three quick reasons as I was studying why we celebrate. And the first one is simply because he's absolutely worthy. Yes. Right? Is God not worthy of our celebration? And we've got, if he's not, then we need to celebrate more and just remember how good he is. The second thing though is when you celebrate, it gives strength to your life. There's this great verse that gets quoted all the time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy actually strengthens you. It produces energy, right? I mean, whenever you've, whenever you've celebrated, like when you win something, you celebrate and the energy is just off the charts. Spiritually, God energizes us when we celebrate. And maybe some of you today, I've been praying. That's been actually one of my biggest praise, prayers for today is that God might re-energize us as we look at him and celebrate. And the third thing is it motivates us to keep following God. And that's what I'm gonna share with you guys today. The only time you have things to celebrate is when you actually follow God. See, when you follow him, then you experience him. <laughs> and so it's interesting, when you study this, they find out all of celebration at its root actually comes from obedience. It comes from faith. Because when you faith, all the stories in the Bible, the reason people were celebrating is because when God asked people to do something, they stepped out and actually did it. <laughs> and when you step out, you experience. So we celebrate and it keeps us because we remember it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it to say yes to God. So that hopefully by the time we're done here today, we'll say, and it's worth it, we're gonna go for it. So here's what I'm doing. I'm gonna include all of you. I'm gonna kind of go through Psalm 145 today, okay? And so I've asked my beautiful wife, Susie, to come up and join me. So grab one of those mics, babe. Oh, oh, here you go. <laughs> They're over here. Thank you. All right, so would you guys all stand with me? 
And here's how we're going to, we're going to give you a chance, all right? This is a very traditional uh, way that church has involved all of us in giving a chance to celebrate God. So we're going to have a responsive reading. It's basically just Psalm 145, and I'm going to be the leader, and then Susie's going to lead you guys in the church. And let's from your heart, right? This is not, I, I grew up with this, and eventually it just became some rote thing. Don't, we don't ever do this here, so make, don't, it can't be rote, Right? Do this from your heart. Express these truths in the scripture and give God your praise, all right? Here we go, Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you. And bless your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness. And joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. Slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people bless you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom. And speak of your might. So that all people may know of your mighty acts. And the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. Let's pray. God, we do praise you, and we can't wait this morning to tell of your wonderful acts, your awesome deeds, your goodness to us. We celebrate, God, this morning, your goodness. The fact that you are a king of kings and lord of lords, and that your kingdom is good and it's right and you have brought it to earth through Jesus Christ so that we can live in it now and forever. And so we praise you. Now, God, I just ask on behalf of all of us for the very reason that you really, you instituted celebration into your church, would you strengthen us today? Would you encourage our faith today? And would you become so central in our hearts because of the time we spend in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to just take Psalm 145, and instead of teaching it to you today, it's kind of straightforward, I'm just going to do it, okay? I'm going to do Psalm 145. So here's the first thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to celebrate God's awesome works. We're going to celebrate what he's done, and part of the reason we're going to do this is because I want to see him do it again. Anybody else? I want to see him do it again. So Psalm 145, 5 and 6 said, they tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will, pro, I will proclaim your deeds. One generation, another verse said, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. One of the things that's super important for us is to keep telling the story and keep telling people what God has done. All right, so let me just share with you some mighty works, all right? Yeah, here, here's the first one. Here is the first mighty work, and I know it doesn't have much directly to do with K2, and yet it has everything to do with K2. And that is that God helped me marry Susie. 
And I'm not even kidding on this one, <laughs> right? I'm into my mid-30s, and here's what I know. There is no way on God's green earth I could have ever had these, done these 15 years without that woman. We had uh, church planners over at our house on Friday night, and those guys were saying the same thing. My wife is the one who helps me get through this thing. And one guy said, and I, I, he goes, I apologize all to, all to all the rest of you, but my wife's the best one at this. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> and here, here is the reality, you guys. You, I, I'm up here. I try to be as vulnerable as I can with you, let you in on my struggles, uh, my sin, uh, my doubts, all that kind of stuff. But this woman right here <laughs> has seen the tears and she's seen the darkness, and she has stayed with me and been with me, and she's been a rock. Would you guys just give it up for my wife? Here's another mighty work God did, and that is I made a very clear declaration, I will never plant a church, Okay. Yep, all of you who are laughing, you might have been Christian for a while because all you got to do is say, I'll never do something and then you're going to do it, right? So that's just how God works. But I was, I was serious. I saw what it took. To, to, I was on the team that planted Kensington in Detroit and I said, I will never do that unless God put such a fire that's so strong inside of me that I'd die if I didn't. And he did that. And I'm telling you, that was a mighty work for God to get me to be able to do this. I'm not one of those guys who wanted to plant a church or who dreamed about planting a church. I didn't want to do that, but God will do it. It's amazing. Now, here's the other mighty work he did. As soon as I knew Luther Ellis gave us this call and, and helped us consider doing this, as soon as I knew we were supposed to do this, God made it very clear to me, don't ask anybody to join you. Like, I knew I would have been sinning. Now, by the way, I never tell other church, I tell church planners my story. I never tell them that this is for them. It was just for me. Don't ask anybody to join you. Cast the vision and let me do the asking. And I want to tell you, man, so I cast the vision, and it was crazy what God was doing. Amy King. Amy, are you in here? Where are you? Where? Stand up. Stand up and wave. Come on. Give it up for Amy, you guys. <clears throat> Here's Amy's story. God was speaking to her. We had said nothing to her. God was speaking to her and asked her, said, Amy, will you go anywhere I ask you to go? And Amy was like, uh-uh. <laughs> right? She's just like all of us. So she's wrestling with him, wrestling with him, wrestling with him, wouldn't do it. And finally, she, he would not leave her alone. She got down on her knees in tears, weeping, and said, God, I'll do anything that you asked me to do. And I will go anywhere you ask me to go. I can still picture the day she came over to our house, we're sitting on her back deck, and she's telling us this story. And I'm sitting there going. <coughs> <laughs> and she got done, because here's what she said. She said, Dave and Susie, she goes, my tears are, she goes, my biggest thing that I was scared of is I never wanted to leave you guys and I never wanted to leave the Ellis's. I'm like, interesting. Because Luther and Rebecca just asked us to consider planting a church in Salt Lake City, and we're going. Isn't that cool, you guys? That's a great story. See, because what God did is what he found out is Amy's heart was his. 
It wasn't about, hey, you get to go to Utah with the Ellis's and the Nelsons. He was like, no, I got to make sure she's going to go because of me. And then I'll tell her she gets to go with the Ellis's and the Nelsons. I love that story. It's amazing. One of my favorite stories was Joan and Dewey Segler. Uh, Dewey was in his mid-50s, late-50s. He had just come to Christ, just put his faith in Christ about a year and a half before that. And, and, and they felt like they were supposed to join us. He started and owned his own business for 27 years. Anybody in here relate to this? It's your baby. And he sold it as a year and a half old Christian and gave it up because he felt he was supposed to go to Salt Lake to help start this church. That's unbelievable. Here's the better part. We actually, we actually interviewed anybody who wanted to be part of our team because we wanted to make sure they were doing it for the right reasons, really had faith in Christ, were healthy. And so we sat down with them. <laughs> Joan and Dewey, they're so sweet. They sit down and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is just, hey, when we're done with this, if you guys tell us we can't go, we're just going to, go to move to Utah and go to your church. <laughs> like that. And I want to tell you, man, they were the sweetest, most unbelievable, gifted team. God did amazing things. And so uh, we do have one couple, another couple. I want to invite Bill and Rebecca Green. Would you guys welcome them up to the stage here real quick? So Bill and Rebecca um, as well were part of the original team and they are still here with us 16 years later, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's called endurance and perseverance. Here you go, guys. Yeah. All right. Here you go. So, you guys, I, I would just love to start off. This is one of my favorite stories, too. I, I just love, why don't you guys just share what was going on in your life when, the, when this whole idea came to you? Yeah, you bet. At the time, uh, so this was 2002, and we were, uh, we were in our early 30s, and uh, we were just getting everything into alignment. I think everything was working out really well. Um, we had two young kids, and we were starting to talk about a third, and, uh, you know, life was just, was good. We were really plugged in at Kensington, and we're part of the, uh, the men's ministry there, and Rebecca was part of the women's ministry, and we were helping out with the kids, and our, we were growing spiritually, and that was really solid, and I was loving my job. I was working with guys that I really really enjoyed working with. They were almost like brothers to me, and we were doing really well financially. Um, and uh, Rebecca's brother and his family actually moved back to Michigan because they were living in Texas, so we were, our families were getting in alignment. Everything was working really well. And, uh, and so we, we were thinking about growing our family, and so we bought a new house, and, and this house was um, just right down the street from where we were living. It was literally like three doors down. And, uh, and we spent uh, one whole month in the summer of 2002 getting this house ready. And our friends were amazing. It, it just showed you the part of the community that we were part of there. And they came and for like a month, our friends just helped us renovate this house. And we were really preparing to live in this house for a long time. It was gonna be our, our place. And then the day we were actually moving in, all of our friends were, we were just carrying stuff right down the street. And, uh, and so it was the, the day that we, we'd spent all this time and we were just moving in. And, uh, and this couple were there helping us move in. They were the last ones there. We're putting everything together in the kitchen and we we're standing in the foyer and we were just talking. 
and I'll turn it over to you and, and you can tell the rest. And so, yeah, Rebecca and Luther were just some of our dearest friends and they, we had actually been praying for them because of Luther's vision to start this church. So for months we were praying for them go do that. That's great. That's so <laughs> great for you. That you are, and, and then that day in the foyer, they said, this thing is really happening. Like it's not, it's not a, like people don't know yet publicly, but Dave and Susie committed to do this thing. And so our reaction was, whoa, man, we didn't know Dave and Susie personally, but wow, did we know him as a pastor, as a speaker. And my first reaction was, that's great for you guys, but what a loss for Kensington. But go, yay, go God, go do that thing. Go good, so you're, you're gonna do great. So great for you guys. <laughs> we knew, I mean, we were very close friends, but we knew his career would, could take him anywhere. We, we weren't deeply saddened by them moving or anything. It was just, wow, God's doing something really cool. That's great for you. And they said, well, we've felt really strongly that God is gonna ask people to join us. We felt like he put it on our hearts and all we're supposed to do is share the vision, and we would really like you guys to pray about joining us. And it was just, it was the biggest record scratch because <laughs> no, you were here all summer with us. You saw what we did. We bought the home. We're all set. We did, you we're, just helped us you, move all of our stuff. We in just and bought we're the home we're going to probably live in forever. Everything's going perfect for us. Why would we? But they were, we were close enough friends that, by the end of the night, we said, well, we can't not pray about something, but it seems really ridiculous. But we'll pray about it. It's all right. So tell us, <clears throat> tell us the journey then. How did you guys get to the point where you feel like this is what you're supposed to do? Yeah, for me, um, it, it, it really helps because we've been in this series about training. And I, I felt like I was only about, you know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I wasn't like mega Christian guy. I, I'd been a Christian for 10 years, but I felt like, God was calling me to train, and, and I felt like probably at any time in my Christian walk, that was probably, at that point, the most training I went into. I just saw him, and I went into the Word, and we actually did it separately and then came back together. So I felt like during that time, I was in the Word, and I was just asking God, like, if you're really asking us to do this, I need you to show me. And I just saw him, and, uh, and that, and the the. Bible and the Word of God was more real to me in that time than it had ever been. And I just saw him every day. And I feel like, it's similar to how you described what Amy was going through, I felt like the first thing I needed to determine is like, well, would I do this if God really was asking us to do this? If it was very clear, would we do it? And then once I realized, again, through just studying God's word and praying and asking others close to me to pray for me, I, we came to that spot of like, well, yeah, we would. If we, if, it, if we knew he was really asking us to do it, we would. And then it became very clear. He was saying, well, will you? Awesome. And yeah. Awesome. So good. Well, listen, man, just real quick. Um, if you had one thing you could tell everybody here today after 16 years of doing this, what, what would it be? Yeah, I would say, listen for when those opportunities arise that someone asks you to do something radical that really seek God in it. You, um, you have that opportunity um, to know him. And if you will really do that, if you will really seek to know and listen to him, but not only that, but take a step, seize that moment to do something. Um, just watching those videos are awesome, man, because I, I just... 
I never, back then when we got invited, I, I never wanted to look back and go, man, we would have missed an opportunity to see everything that we saw up there, you know? And uh, it was because, um, not because I wanted to do something great or, or I, I thought it was gonna affirm me, but I just felt like, God, you're asking me to do it. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and it was, it wasn't, it didn't become really ever anything that we wanted to do. We, we lamented the whole time. We had a, almost a year to prepare and it was hard and we weren't doing it because we wanted to. We knew it was something that we had the opportunity to do that God was clearly asking us to do. Um, but I can't, 16 years later, I can't picture life any other way. I mean, the way that he's, he more than filled in the gaps of what we gave up, um, what we moved away from, which was so hard. He has given us the greatest community and better friends than we could ever dream of. And I, I can't picture my life any other way. It's awesome. Yeah. Great. You guys give it up for Bill. Thanks so much. You can leave the chair. Leave it here. Yeah, Jesus has this great verse where he says, um, no one who fails to leave father and mother and brother and sister and work and home for me will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present world and in the one to come. Man, I tell you, seriously, you know, here's what's hard about today. I, we could go 24 hours and I could tell you stories of God's mighty works, unbelievable things that he's done. But the next thing I'm gonna actually involve you in, it says in the scripture, we're gonna celebrate God's abundant goodness. And Psalm 145.7 says that. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So here's where you guys come in. In every one of your programs or when you came in today, um, our team uh, wanted to make sure that you got one of these. At the top of this card, it says celebrating God's goodness in my life. This is what the scripture is telling you and me to do. They celebrate his abundant goodness, okay? So grab your pen and grab this card. And I want you to write down, every one of you in this room, write down what is one really good thing that God has done for you. You personally, instead of me telling you more stories, you tell your story on this card and celebrate God's abundant goodness to you, okay? And then when the service is over, you're gonna walk out before, when you leave, there's the life together table. And then right before you go to the exit, we have a, a sign right there. It says, celebrating God's goodness in my life. And there are cork boards right there on the wall. And we want all of you, there'll be tax, and we want you to take these. And we want, we're just gonna fill up the board with all of God's goodness. And week after week, we can stop by and just read all the cool things that God has done, all right? So go ahead, right now, grab this card, grab a pen, take a couple minutes and write down God's abundant goodness in your life. All right, I'm gonna let you guys keep writing those. You can fill those out. Just finish them anytime as I'm talking throughout the rest of the message. But finish those up and pin those up on that board as you walk out. The next thing Psalm 145 says is we need to celebrate God's gracious compassion. And man, we just wanna see him do it. We've seen it this last 15 years. We wanna see it do it again. Psalm 145, nine says, the Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all that he has made. 
in our mission statement at K2 The Church, it's to be a church with reckless faith. Okay, that's, that's the mighty, I don't think if there's any mightier work that God can do in a, in, in, than giving a person reckless faith. People who literally will quit their jobs and sell their homes and leave their loved ones and their families because God asked you to do something. And we knew when we got here, he probably wasn't gonna ask a bunch of people to sell their homes and quit their job. He might, but he's not gonna do it, but he's gonna ask us to still have reckless faith, to be willing to do anything he asks us to do. So we wanna be a church with reckless faith, fleshed out with sacrificial love and care for those who are in need. So if you were here and we've been talking about compassion, about mercy, that God is a merciful God, and that means he gets moved with compassion to action to help people's needs. So we want to be a church like that. So Stephen Kim Farencrow, you guys here, where are Stephen Kim? Where are they at? Where are you? Stand up, say your name out loud. Oh, it's their anniversary. They, they're more committed to something else besides Jesus. I think it said, leave your father and mother. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but Steve and Kim were actually living in San Jose and they were, uh, Kim was Susie's lifelong friend since they were two. And when they heard this, they felt like they were supposed to come out as well. But Steve and Kim are the reason we're in Honduras today. <laughs> so their church was, uh, was committed to Honduras and we have had the longest standing partnership with Honduras and amazing stuff. We just celebrated it, so I'm not gonna go into details, but let me just say again, the next team is going. I'm gonna be leading the next team and I would love to have you join me. Would you please pray and consider it's March 20th through the 29th, March 20th through the 29th. And we also just found out this week that one of the things they want done is they actually have a member in their church whose home has fallen apart. They need a new home. So they want us to come. That's why they asked me to, to come and lead this trip. Um, if you actually knew me, you'd laugh a lot harder. Um, so guys, all you guys who actually know what you're doing, I need you. All right. But seriously, Pray about it, and if you're interested, please fill out the card that's in your program, contact us online, or sign up out in the lobby, okay? Because we're heading again March 20th through 29th. And then Sally Townsend, it was so cool. Sally and her husband, Kevin, they were, they were living in Indiana. Kevin had actually grown up here. He met Sally at Purdue University, and while they were there in Indiana, they felt God calling them to move back here. They didn't know why, but he said, just get back here. <laughs> So the, out of obedience, the same thing. Because of obedience, they decided to move back here. And so they were here for like months and they, were do, they, were, and they were literally were going, okay, God, like we're here. Like, why are we here? And then through circumstances, we got to meet each other. We invited them over for dinner, showed a video of Kensington and our vision for K2. And immediately God said, this is why you're here. And they have joined our team. You guys see Sally. She's up here leading. She's on our spiritual advisory board. Kevin has been on our business operations board. But the coolest thing is the only reason we're in Swaziland is because God gave Sally that vision. <laughs> see, God has compassion for all. And so he puts it on her heart. And now hundreds of you have literally gone over to Africa and hundreds of kids have meals every day where they wouldn't before and are fed, not only with food, but being discipled and getting to know Christ. It's amazing the partnerships that we have around the world. Why? Because the Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all he has made. And we celebrate that. One of my favorite stories was Jason Norvis. Jason found Christ here at K2. And uh, one day he called me, he was actually on vacation and he said he was reading the scriptures and he goes, Dave, this doesn't make any sense to me. 
Jesus says, these guys come to Jesus and they go, hey, Jesus, how about us? We, we prophesied in your name and we, we, we served in your name and we loved in your name. And, and Jesus looks back at them and he says, get away from me, you evildoers. I don't know you. And he said, and then I read chapters later and he says, if you give cold water to a cup, a cup of cold water to somebody, if you feed somebody, if you go and visit someone in prison, he goes, at the end day, he'll go, well done, good and faithful servant. Because you have done it. When you do it to the least of these, you do it to me. So Jason was on the phone. He's like, what in the world? He goes, this makes no sense to me. So you know what he did? He got back from vacation. As soon as his plan landed, landed, he went to his home because it was in the middle of winter. And he stuck on his hunting gear, his really warm hunting gear. And he went down and he spent all day long just hanging out with the homeless in Salt Lake City. And he did it the next day and the next day. And the next day, every day, this guy went down and he gave his life away to the homeless. And you know what happened? Next thing you know, Jason's friends started joining him. <laughs> and next thing you know, there's this army of people hanging out downtown, loving on the homeless. I saw John and Patty Welch. John and Patty, where are you guys? Come on, stand up. All right, give it, yeah, come on, man, give it up for these guys. <laughs> John and his ministry for those who are homeless community, he has been unbelievable. And I, I just, I saw them before church started. And I go, man, when we get to heaven and we get to see the ripple effects of you guys, it's going to be unbelievable. Here's the deal, you guys. South Salt Lake actually awarded K2 the church as the, as the organization that helped them the most. We have had so many great things. We've got more things coming up. Generosity feeds. We've, we've fed thousands of kids throughout the years, and we're going to do it again on October 26th. Sam Whitkey and Mary Whitkey. Um, whew. Oh, <laughs> who, if you guys don't know, Mary has just been the sweetest, most wonderful long-term person here, struggling with cancer for years. And her husband, Tom, just passed away last year suddenly from a heart attack. And, um, and Sam, that sweet kid, man. Mary prayed for that boy over and over and over again. And he'd come to K2. He's a really nice guy, but he didn't want anything to do with Jesus. But man, Mary just kept praying and Sam gave his life to Christ. And he is just one of the greatest joys in our lives today. And because Sam is just sold out to Jesus, he started his own thing. And it's called Love Out Loud. And so now he's just grabbing people and they're going downtown every Sunday night just to take care of the people who are downtown. See, that's what it's all about. And that's happening all the time. All right, let's go to the next thing. Then we're supposed to celebrate God's heart for all people. Psalm 145, 11 and 12. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and that the glorious splendor of your kingdom. God wants every single person we know to receive eternal life, to know the one true God and how good his life is. I can just say this, man, we did not come out here to hang out. We could have hung out in Michigan. <laughs> I know the only reason God called us out here was for you. And we used to tell our team all the time, it's like, you guys, just, I mean, God has specific people in mind and we're gonna find out who they are. And that's our mission, man, to draw people into ever-deepening relationships with God. 
I immediately think of John Anderson. First time I ever met him, his wife Melody came into my office weeping. She's like, I just can't handle this guy anymore. I love him to death, but he's, he's so addicted to alcohol. I just, I, I just gotta leave him. So she finally gets John to come to church and John's eyes were as red as this guy's shirt right here. I mean, he was just out of it. Jesus delivered him supernaturally from alcohol. And for years, John helped men and women become free it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think a Tom Johnson who wouldn't come to church and his wife, Andrea, we were doing a series called Seven. It was seven weeks and we had wanted everybody to get in a group just for seven weeks. He's like, all right. He goes, I can suffer through anything for seven weeks. So to appease his wife, he decided to show up and go to K2. And next thing you know, Tom finds Christ and his whole life turns around. And now all he does is pour it out for others. See, that's what happens. It's like God wants everyone to know it. My favorite story, just real quick, is our own Rachel Wilford, who's our Life Together groups, right, director? She's awesome. And, and, and she, she comes, she, she meets her hairdresser, and her hairdresser's telling her she should try K2. So she comes by herself. She gets halfway from the door to, this was our South Campus, to the door. She's like, what am I doing? She goes, I can't go to church. She turns around and goes back to her car, gets to her car. She locked her keys in the car. <laughs> She's like, okay, I got to go to church. <laughs> she goes back. She sits through this thing and just bawls the whole time as she senses the love and the grace of God. And then she goes and she tries to tell her husband, Jason, chops guy up here who plays the guitar, right? He, everybody goes, everybody knows Jason, not her because of his chops. And she's like, you got to come. He's like, I ain't coming. You, know, you need to come. I'm not coming. He wouldn't. He, I ain't going to. And so finally, he goes, seriously, you guys, you can just come exactly as you are. And he's in his pajamas, right? He's just all, he goes, if I can come like this, I'll go. He, she goes, they wouldn't care. He goes, all right. So he did. <laughs> and now Jason and Rachel's lives are transformed, and she's on our staff helping other people. This is what God does, and he's not done yet, okay? I want to bring up Bryson Ashley Risley. Would you guys welcome them to the stage real quick as we listen to their story? Thanks so much, you guys, for doing this. So cool. So, uh, so both these guys grew up in, in religious homes. Bryce grew up in the LDS church, and Ashley grew up in going to a Christian church and, and stuff. But then when you guys got together, church was not quite the thing going on in your life. No, it wasn't. Um, when we first met, church was, I was kind of rebelling God at the time and had had some circumstances that kind of turned me away from God. And we kind of just met when we were both kind of living for the world. Yeah, I think uh, I, I had uh, God at arm's length in any conversation. I, I pretty much pushed it away. So Yeah, all right. So, and then at the same time, stuff was happening though in your marriage. It was, it was a tough time. So go ahead and share a little bit about that. So <clears throat> I, Ash and I's marriage hit, I think any marriage that goes through, you know, communication struggles, uh, like any marriage, uh, Ash and I went through some struggles, and uh, along the way, I was uh, holding on to some uh, some of my own personal struggles, struggles that uh, I struggled with this from childhood, and uh, that being pornography. Um, I had a had an addiction that weighed on our marriage. Um, I think it also uh, ultimately kept God at arm's length as well. I think that. Uh, unworthiness feeling, you know, I felt pretty uh, disgusted about myself, and um, yeah, so yeah, we were, we, we've, we fought a lot of times over that. Yeah, 
And, and part of this deal was you, you, were, you were saying, well, we should go to church. It's like, and then you guys kind of made a deal. I'll go to church once we have kids. But then you had kids, and Bryce, you're like, well, they're not really old enough to know anything. Let's wait until they get older. But then something happened to get you to church. What happened, Ashley? Yeah, so during this time, um, Bryce, I had found out not too long before, about six months before, about his addiction and we were just going through a really rough time and he had continued to be unfaithful in our marriage. And I had found out something that he was unfaithful again. Um, and it was a really bad fight on a Saturday night. And I went up into my room and I was just bawling. And I never wanted to be that girl to go to church by herself and just people attack you and, you know, <laughs> in such a good way. But um, so I was up praying and I was just bawling. And instantly in that moment, for the first time in my life as a Christian, I physically, I've heard God before, but not in that way. And I physically heard God as if he was sitting next to me. And I felt him like that he was actually hugging me. Sorry. Um, it was such a powerful time in my life. And I instantly, and God just told me in that moment that I needed to go to church. So you, uh, so you went to a really great church in the valley, but your kids were freaking out every week. So you would actually come to K2 right at the very beginning, right? And so you were like, well, maybe I'll try K2. So what happened when you showed up here? So I went to K2 14 and a half years ago and, you know, then continued rebelling. So yeah, I went to another great church. My kids would just cry the whole time. And I was like, God, you told me I was supposed to go to church and it was supposed to be peaceful and it wasn't. <laughs> so God had planted K2 on my heart 14 and a half years ago. And so I just came and instantly um, I walked, it's when the doors, as you walk in into the two-year-old room was open and I walked in and someone very near and dear to my heart was standing there and sorry, I'm getting so emotional, but um, her name is Tessa. And no, but, but, but you didn't even know her. No, I had, at that time I didn't know her. I knew no one within K2 and she was just standing there and so welcoming and she instantly knelt down onto her knees and my kids would never go to anyone, ran straight to her arms. And she took him in her class and she's like, go check in and just go to church. And I came back and my kids didn't want to leave her. <laughs> <laughs> and from that day on, my kids every day were like, are we going to church? Are we going to church? And so I just knew that this is where God wanted our family. Yeah. Just real quick, side note on this. Can I just tell you guys, I hear this story about our preschool ministry over and over and over again. Would you guys just give it up for our people who work in preschool? I mean, I, I'm serious. I, I know families who are here at K2 because of the experience their little kids are having. Can I just say, I say, some of you just need to jump into that ministry. I'll be honest with you, we could use some more people with that heart. And we just, man, if that's, Anyway, just side note right there, but that's a huge deal for people who have small kids. Very important. All right, so you're coming to church, and Bryce is, you're getting psyched, right? You want to come now? Is that right? No. <laughs> no, I think I wasn't sharing the same experiences. I mean, I look back now, I'm grateful, but yeah, at that time, nope. No. And so, so you, but then eventually you got into a Life Together group here, yeah. and, the, and the women here just were an incredible support for you. Um, you can say something about that if you want, but then also just get to that point where you're, you kind of switched in your, your heart with, with Bryce. Yeah, so I joined a Life Together group and later came to lead that with um, 
Jenna, which is my best friend that kind of leads, you know, we walked with Christ with. And so this group of women just really rallied around me during one of the darkest times in my life when I wasn't feeling um, any love or support from my husband and he was just doing things and these women just rallied, rallied around me. And Bryce and I, again, had gotten a big fight on his way to work one day and I, again, just started praying. And I, at that moment, was physically, emotionally, everything done in my marriage. I had completely checked out and I had no more strength left in me. And God, again, spoke to me for the second time so clearly and he just, all he said was, it's not about you. And so I knew in that moment that um, it wasn't about me and it wasn't about what he was doing to me. And that, sorry. And that God had such a bigger picture And so I just released Bryce to my, or at least my husband to Christ in that moment. And it was just, it was so good. So I approached Bryce and I just said, you know, I am going to live my life for Christ. And our home is going to be of Christ and our kids are going to be of Christ. And I'm going to fight my battles and what we're going through with God. And um, you just, you're going to know where I go every Sunday, but you can choose to not be a part of that, but I will never push God on you. Yeah. And so in that moment, though, you stopped pushing him, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you just released him and said, you know, if you're going to go, it's going to be because of God. And then some really cool stuff started happening. So, so we're at a Life Together party, and I'm there, and I still remember this day. And uh, you ran into somebody on that, at that picnic. And tell, tell us what happened. Yeah, I also think it's important to know... I. I was pretty impressed by seeing Ash, and um, I remember being very curious, um, you know, after feeling very pressured, and, and, you know, even though it was encouragement, I think I was pushing away Ash through, through those times, and, uh, and when she stepped back, it was, uh, you know, I couldn't help but to be a little bit drawn towards that and wonder what that was about. Um, she invited me to go to this Life Together group, um, and I remember her talking about uh, a guy that, uh, you know, she had known his, his wife, Maria, and he, his name was Josh. I remember she said something about football, which I think she was trying to pique some interest there. Uh, <laughs> and it worked. I mean, I, I walked up to him and chatted with him for a little bit. And I remember leaving feeling like, man, I, this guy's pretty cool. Um, but I still pushed it away. I mean, he reached out to me probably 12 times before I finally, uh, you know, responded to one of his texts and, and agreed to meet him for lunch which then went down a whole new path for me. I think uh, I remember Josh, about 30 minutes into that lunch, Josh says to me, uh, starts just opening up his life. And at 30 minutes, I was ready to, I thought it was done. I mean, I was at work (laughs) and he just, you know, just expressed some some things and, and was very vulnerable with me. And I remember feeling like, man, like I guess, you know, I, I don't know, there's something about being that vulnerable where someone can open up to you that makes you feel connected and, and drawn towards. And, and uh, so he invited me to men's group, and, and that's when Life Together took off for me. I think that was, you know, I'm eternally grateful for that. Yeah, because you life. got in a group of guys. Now, both of you guys experience, by the way, if you're not in Life Together, both of your guys experience support and love and then being with guys who are totally vulnerable and open and encouraging each other. Um, and if I remember right, because we had to kind of close up here, but if I remember right, the other thing is she kept trying to get you to go to life together, and you said, don't even, go ahead, yeah. I, I said, uh, I think I remember at one time verbatim, I said, there's no way in hell I will ever go 
to life together. (laughs) So again, there's that word never. It's a beautiful word. All right. So then anyway, I I talked to Josh and these guys. and, And by the way, you hear that? 12 times he reached out to him. Most of us will reach out once, right? And then feel like, eh, I don't want to bug him anymore. And I remember Josh told me, he told me, he goes, I was relentless. And it's because he was relentless that then eventually, and they were praying for you every day. And then we were doing a baptism service here. And just tell everybody what happened on that day. So I came into baptism service, uh, dressed, I mean, T-shirt and pants. Uh, wasn't anticipating uh, getting baptized, although I think I had felt drawn to it. Um, and in service, I, you know, there were a few times where I broke down in tears and, or got teary-eyed. I felt the guys around me and my wife nudging me a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 you know, I remember looking up there and, and saying, like, man, there's no reason why I wouldn't do it. I believe in Christ. I'm, um, I'm rooted in faith. I think life together and, and the men's group and, and being surrounded by those guys. I didn't go to church at that time. I was literally just going to men's group. And, um, and yeah, I... Didn't see any reason why I wouldn't, you know, I believe, I, I, I felt so strongly that, you know, God in my life, I felt him, you know, I remember sitting down over there just, man, I, you know, this is, this is my, this is what I want, you know, more than anything. And I'm, you know, hearing this whole story about K2 coming to church uh, or coming to the valley, it just blows my mind. I think uh, I'm eternally grateful. Well, man, you guys, thank you so much for sharing your story. And, um, and I know already Bryce is getting chances to share with guys at work. That's what happens, man. You find Christ and Christ goes, and I got more people who I want to know that I love them too. And so would you guys just give them a big warm applause. Uh, Thanks for those. Go ahead and take those. Dude. Man, I, so I, I tell you, man, I could, and again, we could just tell story after story. Can I, can I just tell you, uh, here's the last thing just real quick that we're going to celebrate, and that's that we're going to celebrate God's not done yet. He's not done, you guys. You know that? He's not done. Psalm 145 says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. It just keeps going, and it keeps going, and it keeps going. God has so many more acts of compassion he wants to do through us. He has so many more people that he wants to heal. We're marriages that he wants to save, bondages that he wants to set people free from, and salvation that he wants to give them. And so, man, like just this last Wednesday, our youth kickoff was incredible. If any of you guys were here, it was amazing. Adventure Canyon has a new program that's going awesome. Um, If you are here and you are interested in joining us, on October 6th, we are having what we call Explore K2. And if if you're sitting here and you're going, well, I attend... And I just want to, I'm, I'm hoping today that some people who, who, are, who watch, you know, from the stands would go, I want to be out of the game. I want to help Bryce's and Ashley's. I want to help John Anderson's and Tom Johnson's. I want to be in the game. If that's you, would you join us October 6th? It's Sunday right after church. We'll provide lunch for you, and we would just love to meet you, to connect with you, and to help you know who we are moving forward. That's for all of you guys who are new and would like to join in with us. Again, we're going to keep being out there. Um, new series next week. So on your seats right now, if you're in the pit right here, yet we have these cards. 
Uh, we have five new invitation cards that we have developed. They're super simple, okay? Like this one, uh, my favorite one, it just says, I think you'd like it too. <laughs> That's what it says on the front. And then on the back, it's just service at K2, 1030. Next Sunday, we are starting a series designed specifically for your friends and coworkers and neighbors who don't know Christ yet. We're calling it Life's Ups and Downs because everybody has life's ups and downs. So we're gonna hit people right where they're at and we're gonna help through the story of David in the scripture to see how we can handle those. Our hope is, pray for this, that we're gonna have an outdoor service. We had so much fun last year. So we wanna do an outdoor service next year with food trucks and stuff afterwards and games and bouncy houses for kids. Incredible opportunity. Pray this week for your friends that you know need to run into the love of God. And then grab these invitations on your seat when you go out there at every exit. Just take some and pass them out this week. Get ready. If you want to join me again in Honduras, come join us. On October 26th, we'll be promoting it. Get ready for Generosity Feeds and be doing that. And, um, oh, I got so much more, but I can't give it all. Here's the last thing. And then we're going to be tight. Seriously. You can't do the spiritual journey on your own. And if you are not in a Life Together group, I encourage you to get in one. And if you are a follower of Jesus, we need more Life Together groups for all the people who want them. And if you are mature in your faith and could provide a community, please let Rachel Wilford know and let Derek Murphy know and get on the team and let's help make more opportunities for Ashley's and Bryce's to experience in community what can happen with God. All right? So, the eyes of the Lord roam the earth and they are looking for those whose hearts are fully his so that he can strengthen them with his power. Band, you guys come on up as I read you a few more scriptures and we close. The eyes of the Lord roam the earth and they're looking for those whose hearts are fully his so he can strengthen them with his power. He's looking for the next Dewey and Jones Segler who will sell their business, who will do anything for God. The next Kevin and Sally Townsend who will move without even knowing why. The next Jason Norvis who will sit with the homeless every day. The next Mary Whitkey and Sam Whitkey. The next Josh Savage who will pursue a guy 12 times until he helps him find the freedom that God has for him. See, God right now, every day, is roaming the earth, and he's looking. Who has reckless faith? Who will do anything I ask them to do? And I will do more than you could ask or imagine according to my power at work within you. Come on, man. Do you want to experience God's power at work within you? Yes, yes. And it's, and it's crazy, like, we just had 30 people. That's all he needed. He just needed 30 people who moved out here who said, we'll do anything he wants to do, God. And God's eyes saw that, and he goes, then I will explode through you. What would happen if there were six to 700 people who said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It's, it's beyond my imagination what he could do with this group right here in this room. And he's not done yet. His kingdom endures forever. Man, I wanna see him. Do you guys wanna see him do great stuff? He, he is working. 
He's always working. He's always loving. He's always moving. And all he needs is our hearts to say, one more time, God. That's what we were praying before. One more time, God, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And he will if you and I will give him our hearts. So that's how we're gonna close today. Let's stand together and let's worship God and let's ask him to move in our midst and let's tell him he has all of us.